I just knew, always known in the back of my head that, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. I love to write, I love to create. I used to have a blog where I used to just write poems and people from all around the world on, Word, on WordPress um, could read them and, you know, I would get positive feedback. So I thought maybe, maybe I could do something with this, but at the same time, it was uh, really hard because I had already put in so much work into what I thought I wanted to do and so many hours, painstaking hours, and just, you know, that. Um, and I also didn't want to let my, my dad down. I didn't want to feel like I was like a disappointment and stuff like that. But I I was like, you know, what if one, if I've learned one thing from life is that life is short and um, I'm just here to be happy. Like, I don't really, I don't really want anything else. I just want to feel fulfilled and happy. So I'm going to do whatever I feel inside of me that I need to do. Amen to that. I meant to that. <laughs> Welcome to the Blood Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. Okay, Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. She's a robotics instructor by day and a creator by night. She does focus-based TikToks and Reels. She's a Twitch streamer and Fortnite creator. She also does photography and videography. She's a writer. She has a kid's book out on Amazon titled Where the Fireflies Go. She's a mother. She's launching a cookbook and she's launching a vegan beauty line titled Pure. She has 35,000 followers on Instagram. Please welcome to the podcast, Eloisa Chaires. Hello. What's up, guys? nice to have you <laughs> thanks for being here there thanks for inviting yeah. me this is the first yeah. podcast i've ever been on so yes. thank you for inviting me oh you're welcome uh be the I mean, first of many hopefully <laughs> yeah definitely i mean you do so much like people need to know about you right you're like no, a super... it really is the first of many because i actually already have like five lined up <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very grateful to have you as the first one, right? <laughs> so yeah, uh, we always like to start off with kind of getting to know our guests. And, you know, I feel like if they get to know you, like how you grew up, where you, where you come from, stuff like that, uh, the audience can connect with you better. So let's go back. Like, you know, I mean, I know we're in San Jose right now, but were you born and raised in San Jose? No, I was born in Mexico Ooh. in a small town in Mexico. Um, called Villa. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's where I come from. I came to the U.S. and I was six years old with my little sister and been here ever since. Go back to visit every now and then, but honestly, I haven't been in a while and really want to go soon. That's interesting because they say people's <sighs> uh, personality and subconscious is formed from age zero to seven. So do you feel like those Mexican roots are very, very deep in, like, in your subconscious? Yeah, definitely. Um, I do. I now that you mention it, it does make sense that you know I, I've heard that before, but I've never really thought about it in my perspective, like from my experience. And I definitely do feel like it influences your sub deep subconscious and the ways that you think and view things, and um, especially when it comes to like financial, family, um, food, all that stuff. I definitely do think it influences it a lot. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Um, so you came here at six years old. Uh, did you come with your whole entire family? Uh, who, who did you come with when you were six, and why did you guys come to the United States? 
Right. So I came with my sister. Um, my sister is four years younger than me. Um, I didn't come by myself with my sister, but I mean, I, I, if you guys have ever heard of a coyote, that's how I got here. A coyote. <laughs> explain that, please. Yeah. Can you explain what a, what a coyote is for those that don't really understand? Oh, what that man. Is? I don't even honestly know exactly how to define it, but uh, it's basically a person who aids you. I think illegally. <laughs> it's all good now. Country. It's all good now. Naturalized. I'm now part of the U.S. Um, and um, I'm a U.S. citizen. And uh, yeah, so I can mention it, you know, I guess. But that's wow. <laughs> so just you and your sister, you guys are very young. Both of you under six uh, and a coyote brought you guys. No family came with you guys at the time? Um, my dad was like on the sidelines of it, but he wasn't with us. Just because he was already, um, he came here first. He was already a citizen, and and uh, he didn't. I don't think he was supposed to be there. Oh, okay, yeah. It's, just, it's me, us, and the coyote, <laughs> and trusted us so young. That's the crazy part. That I think about it now that I'm a mom, and I'm like, would I trust my daughter to come with somebody who I don't know? You know to come to another country like in, in, that, in the way that we did and it's like such tough decisions that parents had to make you know for better life yeah that's what, crazy what was that experience like if you remember any yeah um it was definitely scary because you're so young and you just don't really know what's happening a hundred percent also the coyote didn't really speak spanish she spoke English. It was a lady and her husband. And I remember sitting in the car at the gas station while she was putting in gas. And I was like, I really need to go pee, but I don't know how to say it. And I don't know what to say. Let me tell you that I peed in the car. That day. <laughs> you were a little girl. It's okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just telling you like the realest things because this is exactly like the things that go through your head when you're that young going through that experience you're just completely lost and just hoping that everything's going to turn out okay yeah that is that's a that's a crazy experience i mean yeah. i'm sure that has done something uh it maybe made you a little bit tougher maybe made mm -hmm. you be able to deal with things more do you know if that's affected you in, in any way like like now um definitely I, it's something that i didn't really think a lot about like it's not in the forefront of my mind all the time especially now that it's been years and years since it happened but when i think about it i definitely um think that it's it's helped shaped me as uh as a person now that i'm older yeah definitely yeah that's awesome it was, it's awesome that you made it here and everything was good because like you said that's yeah. that's pretty like intense to like leave your two little daughters basically under six both of them with strangers but did your did your father know them like personally or was it just someone they they hired yeah i i don't know i never asked him like i've never asked did you know these people or i think you just hire them and you hear mm -hmm. from like word of mouth from other people who've done it and i think you just pay them and they you trust them that they're gonna do what they they're supposed to do and I remember sleeping uh, with my sister at night, and it's kind of funny that um, these people are called coyotes, but at night, all I could hear was coyotes howling. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like in the middle of nowhere, and it was somewhere in Tijuana. 
And um, I don't, I don't know where though, but somewhere there and uh, a house in the middle of nowhere. You could just hear crickets all night, coyotes howling and me just like not knowing a million things going through my head what was going to happen the next day. Yeah, you were six years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. My sister was even younger. She's four years younger than me. So how old was she? She's like two. <laughs> two. Yeah. Sorry, I bet I'm at two. It yeah. sounds like crazy. a movie. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of this before. This is my first time hearing this. That's kind really? of cool, actually. Yeah. It's you different. Know, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't realize, like, you know, you know, they, they, they kind of demonize like immigrants and they say this, this and that, but they don't realize the things that they go through just to get here for a better life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know any parent that would feel, I mean, I'm pretty sure your dad was worried, but just to leave his two young daughters, both under six with strangers, or hopefully they weren't two strangers, but just with an unknown situation. But just because he knew that it was dangerous or he he wasn't sure, but he knew that if you guys got here and everything was good, that your life was going to be completely better. Different. Yeah. 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 So you guys get here now. What what happened? How, 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 how did you guys get here? Where did you land? Right. So I shouldn't forget to mention that the purpose of us coming here, because you did ask, and I didn't really answer it, was my mom was diagnosed in Mexico with a terminal illness, a form of brain cancer. Mm. And so we... She had to seek better, you know, medical treatment and Mexico just didn't have at the time any resources to help her. And so her only option was to come here. And when she was here, she couldn't really go back because she was a naturalized yet, but she wanted her daughters with her, you know, especially having that type of illness. And so we really, I don't think my parents really had a choice the way that I see it now. Honestly. I would have probably done the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. So both your parents were already here. Your mom was trying to get treatment. And mm -hmm. who were you guys left with when they came here? Uh, my grandparents. My, okay. my dad's grandma, grandpa, dad. Okay. Uh, do you know how long you guys were here before they brought you back to the U.S.? Hmm. I, I don't know. Well, let's see. I was six. My mom probably came when I was like four or five. You know, oh. she was probably only here for about a year and a half until she made it happen that we come here too. Well, wow. you know what? That that just shows how tough um, immigrants, number one, are, or even your parents. Like, number one, she's dealing with the sickness, but then now she doesn't have her own daughters, like, you know, with her. Uh, but in the end, it all worked out, and you guys got here. Do you remember uh, the first thing you saw, or like when you got to the United States, or was it like what you expected, or you were just so young, you just don't even know? Uh, <laughs> well, um, the first thing that I remember. Uh, obviously was probably the airplane stuff, but I remember the food was really gross, for example, like the sandwich they gave us was just na nasty, honestly. And um, it food in Mexico tastes so much different. That's one of the things you'll notice when you come here from another country is that food, just everything, orange juice, ev eggs, milk, ketchup, everything tastes different. And so um, I guess that was my first thing that I noticed. Then it was how all the houses had green lawns in front. I mean, that was like a huge luxury. <laughs> Go to Mexico, no houses. At the time, at least had green lawns up in front with like a whole garden. Nice That's setup, by the way. That looks uh, like thanks. a real gamer, like <laughs> content creator yes, my little studio. Setup. Yeah. What did you, what was the first food that you guys ate when you came here? 
actually remember? a bag of Cheetos. Um, a bag of Cheetos, the, oh, wow. like orange ones, and they were so good. I mean, the Cheetos in Mexico taste completely different, but the ones here, I remember, I was like, wow, these are amazing, like the best thing I had ever tasted. I don't know if I was really hungry, but I remember that was the first thing I had at the hotel, so, yeah. yeah. So, it took you guys like a day to get here to the U.S.? <gasps> so, I know we stayed with the Coyotes for about a week. And then um, eventually my dad showed up and uh, I was so happy to see him. And somehow they got us in a plane. And then next thing you know, I was here. I don't know the details of all that. I don't know how he got in a plane, honestly. <laughs> no idea. I should ask him. But, yeah. yeah, the reason I asked, it took, took us five years to get here. I was five years old. Uh, we were okay. petitioned. And then when I turned like 10, Uh -huh. um, that's when we came here. So it took yeah. five years, you know, paperwork and all that stuff. Five yeah. years? Yeah. She's from the, from Philippines. the Philippines. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And, you know, back then I didn't care. I was just playing with my friends. But next thing you know, oh, we're leaving. I'm like, okay. Five I gotta go say years. bye to my friends. Yeah. So you stayed like in a completely different place from the Philippines for five years. And then. No, I, I was just in the Philippines for five. It took five years for us to come here. Like oh, with a, for it, with for a paperwork. Yeah. God, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Like from the beginning to end. Got it. Got it. Wow. I mean, maybe if there was a way for us to just do it illegally or like faster than we could have gotten <laughs> here like a week later. But <laughs> no, it was like all the way in the different part of the world. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's way far. Yeah. So, so you're here and your first experience was Cheetos and then you got on a plane and you came to San Jose? Yeah, straight to San Jose. Um, my dad, he was living with my aunt at the time, just renting a room there, basically. And they stayed at a pretty big house. There. It's a two-story house um, out here in, like, East San Jose, I think. Or maybe it was, I think it was East. And um, I got signed up for school, and I started on this journey. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how Did you know any English when you, start, when you came here? <laughs> No, <laughs> no. And, and what sucks is they put me in an all English class, which is crazy. How do they do that? So, oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, I knew no zero English. My teacher spoke all English and she wanted to encourage me to try and learn to learn to read in English. So during reading time, she would actually call on me knowing I didn't know English for, for me to read out the words, which is so embarrassing. Like, wow. I was just petrified every time I was reading time. I was like, I do not want to be here. But yeah, it was it was a little traumatized, yeah. <laughs> honestly, that part. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I mean, how, how long do you think it took you before you started to kind of feel comfortable with the language? I would say by fifth, no, not even. It took me a, a while. I would say, honestly, a comfortable 10th grade high school. 10th grade high school yeah because it's just so hard to learn everything and i knew i had an accent i knew it i couldn't pronounce so many words or, or, or really like get my thoughts together so i always felt a little uncomfortable speaking english yeah. yeah and so probably in the home it was a lot of spanish too right yeah my both my mom my dad my, and my whole family just spanish at the home and that's a google spanish at the home Wow. It's not anymore, thank God. Like when I see my dad, it doesn't have to be that way. But it, it was like a, like a process. Man, so it took you basically 
11 years to get comfortable with with the language writing speaking reading yeah and 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 honestly what i did do to get comfortable um during freshman year because every time my english was like english class was hard i always got low scores reading writing english at least not spanish but i remember one of my teachers um an integrated science gave me a huge textbook during that summer of ninth grade and i was just so determined to like learn and just I wanted to graduate high school and I, and I actually took that big textbook and I started writing every page from like beginning and I finished reading the whole textbook that summer and wrote a lot of those chapters just writing every word and pronouncing it like just trying to like make a sense of everything and that was what helped me honestly now I could probably speak a lot better but it was thanks to that summer reading that big old huge science textbook otherwise I don't know I probably still would be struggling <laughs> English is a hard language it is yeah yeah I mean that's amazing though like you actually put in the effort you said you know what I'm gonna do this I'm gonna make it happen after you did that did it give you like a new sense of confidence yeah I I actually started I graduated probably on top of my class with honors and everything thanks to that (laughs) thanks to that I went on to be able to take AP courses and just do really well in high school thanks to that but if it wasn't for me really wanting to do it it probably wouldn't have happened wow that's amazing (laughs) i think you know something about being born in a different country and having to come here and having to struggle and having to you know adjust it just makes you kind of tougher and it makes you more determined you know and um and uh, i think that's awesome so kudos to you (laughs) thank you yeah i think the hustle is a little different too if we're coming from a different country, we're <laughs> it is. Here. Like I said, the way you view financial stuff, everything really, you view it from a whole different perspective, I think. I think, because I can't really judge how people who've been raised here view things. But from my perspective, I just know that things don't come easy. <laughs> and, you know, you just gotta put in the work. Yeah, sometimes we don't. appreciate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we don't realize it. Like we don't ever realize it at the time, even especially when we're young. Like we're like, why is this happening? Why is it so hard for me? But then as you get older, you start to realize like, man, that was probably like a blessing in disguise because now I appreciate things so much more. I'm tougher. You know, there's no such thing as a um, a weak, successful person. You know what I mean? So um, so after high school, did you go to college? Mm-hmm. I did go to college. Um, I had a hard time figuring out exactly what I wanted to do. I started majoring in physiology um, because, um, like I said, the whole science book thing kind of ignited me into, I don't know, just just having an appreciation for science, I guess. For a long time, I thought that's what I wanted to do, you know, but at the same time, it was a little painstaking. Like, I didn't really fully enjoy it. Like, it wasn't naturally like enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know how to, you know how, how science can be. It's like, it's fun once you learn it, but learning it is really painstaking. Like hours and hours of studying like all day and it really wasn't satisfying. Like it wasn't satisfying, it wasn't fulfilling. And so I stopped and I just started taking class, random classes in art and in, um, I guess a lot of different type of, art forms like different types of arts that they offered as electives in college and I decided that 
you know, just the family that I come from and everything, just, they're really strict on having to have a major in like science, law, you know, something, something like that. You know what I'm saying? But for me, it just, it just wasn't it. I always, I always knew it. So I had to try something different. It wasn't and your bliss. I guess so. And I know that your job shouldn't technically have to be enjoyable, but for me, it's like, why not? why not you know growing up from the the upbringing that i have it's like you go to work you don't have to enjoy it it shouldn't be enjoyable but you have to do it as a sacrifice but it's like why like why can't you just have fun doing what you do you know why not so i guess i'm kind of the first person in my family to really just step out of the box and try something different just because i believe that i can and and i guess i'm still doing it right now well, that's amazing. That's music to my ears because, you know, this podcast <laughs> is about that, right? You know, yeah. growing up in, in, in any family, especially an immigrant family, uh, I grew up, I'm Mexican-American. My father's from Mexico, right? Okay. So, you know, in a way, the, uh, they always teach you education, education, education um, because they just want you to be successful because they think that is what makes you successful because that's what they were kind of taught, you know, and especially in my generation because my parents are baby boomers and I'm Generation X. So, it was all about school, 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 right? But now uh, people are starting to realize and learn that, yeah, school's important. I'm not saying there's nothing that it's not important, yeah. but like it's more about you finding what your purpose is and pursuing yeah. your passions because to be successful, it takes hard work. It takes dedication. And if you don't love something, it's going to be very difficult to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the Mexican uh, work ethic is something that is different because yeah. If you come from Mexico, you're taught work, 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 right? Um, uh, but that was that was very awesome that you broke away from the mold, you know what I mean, and decided to do something more creative. What was it that made you decide like it was just you just weren't happy, or were you like, you know what, I'm here, I'm gonna do something different? What was it that was it like a defining moment that made you decide I'm not gonna do what my family wants me to do, I'm gonna do what I want to do. That's a really good question because I haven't even sat down to really think about the answer. <clears throat> but um, I, I would say that I've always known since I was very young that I have a love for like, and I never put my quite put my finger on it, but it was for creativity type of thing that you know where you could really connect with others through real emotion, through real just realness type of things and music does that for me art does that for me like all these different types of art forms do that for me and I just I just knew always known in the back of my head that you know I'm I'm a writer I love to write I love to create I used to have a blog where I used to just write poems and people from all around the world on word on wordpress um could read them and you know I would get positive feedback so I thought maybe maybe I could do something with this but the same time it was uh, really hard because i had already put in so much work into what i thought i wanted to do and so many hours painstaking hours and just you know that um, and i also didn't want to let my my dad down i didn't want to feel like i was like a disappointment and stuff like that but i i was like you know what if one if i've learned one thing from life is that life is short and um i'm just here to be happy like, I don't really, I don't really want anything else. I just want to feel fulfilled and happy. So I'm going to do whatever I feel inside of me that I need to do. I'm into that. I'm into <laughs> that. Seriously. 
Yeah, I we appreciate that big time here because um, you know that's what this podcast is about. Like, I was talking to somebody earlier, and um, I was just talking to them about the podcast and why we do it. And it's pretty much like eighty-seven percent of people don't like what they do, and ten percent of people hate what they do. <laughs> so that means only three percent of people in this world actually are doing what they love, which is crazy to me. You know what I mean? And if I could just bring people like yourself or other people that sharing this story that decided to break the mold, they said, you know what? Life is too short. I'm going to do what makes me happy. You know, um, I think that's awesome. <laughs> you know, so, so now you started to break the mold. I mean, you said you were a good writer. Um, do you think that what one time where you wrote that whole science book from, from scratch kind of <laughs> helped you with their writing or was that always something you were good at? I think it's something I've always just had in me because I remember elementary school, we uh, used to have to write stories and then present them to the class. And we would do every week. So every week we would write a different page. And my stories were just long and I had so much to say and so much to, <laughs> to you know, write about. And so, and I remember um, I would always like, the class would just be so into the story and I just, liked like the expressions on their faces and just being able to to share something that made them feel how I felt or understand me in a different way that they probably couldn't understand me in any other way if I expressed it differently so I just knew that I I liked to write I liked music and I started writing little poems uh since I was probably in fifth grade and I would just keep them stashed up under my bed in a little drawer and I did that probably for years and years and years. And I would do it during class. Sometimes I wouldn't pay attention. I'd just be writing. And um, I just kind of knew that I probably had, I don't know, a passion for expressing myself through writing. Yeah, well, that, that's you, you were paying attention to yourself, basically. You were paying attention to other things, but <laughs> yourself and your, like, what you love. I was zoned out of yeah class, but I was in my own little world writing a story that I guess I just really needed to to express it somehow. Who were your inspirations growing up? Um, growing up, um, I would I guess just the music I listened to, Alicia Keys. Um, I mean, all those songs on the radio that were playing at the time. When I was in sixth grade, that was that was the song. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah. he from San Jose? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Did you ever get to meet him? No, I have a friend who's his cousin, but never met him. Oh, but gotcha. Is that yeah, that sixth... song just brings me back to my childhood, I guess. That's why I mentioned him. <laughs> Which song exactly? Sugar. The sugar, oh. sugar. <laughs> yeah. I remember that song. Yeah, Baby Bash is big in San Jose. So those were your, so it, it seems like, you know, cause like you said, you had struggled with the language for so long and you kind of found like a way where you can be yourself, you can be creative yeah. and you can express yourself. So it was like all of a sudden, all the kids that you had difficulty, you know, communicating with, or they didn't understand you the right way. You're like, now they can understand me and they can understand. And like, now they're excited. And I mean, that must've been an amazing feeling. Like my stories are impacting these, these kids. In a sense, I guess, for me, it was more about getting my thoughts onto paper instead of just keeping them all in my head all the time. Mm -hmm. And my different things, you know, that I would uh, that I would think, I guess. And um, it wasn't until I was way older that I realized that through my self-expression and, and different art forms, 
I could actually help connect and even heal other people, which is crazy to say, but that's how I feel. That's amazing. All right. Okay. So you're a robotics instructor. Where, mm -hmm. where did that come from? <laughs> from stories just, uh, and all this kind of stuff to robotics. Um, from all that to robotics, that just kind of happened. Um, I was in a job, uh, stuck in a job that I really, it was dreadful. Um, I mean, hope nobody from that job's listening to this, but I'm just kidding. I don't care. It was a dental office. And I mean, I was just working there as a dental assistant and kind of a regular nine to five job. And I just remember thinking, man, I could be doing so many other things and just spending my time in so many other ways that would make me so much more happy. But if I only found a way to monetize it or something, because I need the money, I just don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, eventually, I guess um, that was kind of a stepping stone in me knowing that I hated that job so much. I mean, I was grateful for the job, okay? But because <laughs> at least I had a job. But I just hated having to go there. I mean, I was... I didn't want to be on time. I just didn't. I woke up dreading that I had to go to work. Um, that's when I started getting into TikTok, making TikTok videos. And I remember I was constantly late for my job because I would be in my car filming TikTok videos. And I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> and that's when I was like, like, you know, like, I have to figure something else out that I, you know, would enjoy more. And I just did a search online and I've always, I've taught before, before becoming a robotics instructor, I was teaching um, in Union City in a little uh, learning club called Golden Bear Education. And I really enjoyed that job so much. But when I left Union City to come back to San Jose, I had to quit and I had to figure out, you know, what I was going to do here to survive and make money. So that's the first thing that came up. I took the job. And I kind of regretted it, but I was too far in to, to leave then. And eventually I did end up uh, leaving the job. I remember um, I loved the people that I was working for. And I really appreciate because they helped me throughout so many things. But I, I was I told them, you know what? I don't really want to do what I'm supposed to do in this, in this office, but I can help you market your business to get more people to come in because that's what they're interested in doing. They want to make the money. So I told them, um, it's not really conventional too for an employee to just tell their boss, I don't really like what I'm here to do, but I can promote your business online and, and make you a new website and get you to get more clients to come in here. And they were like, let's do it. And so I, I had no idea how to market at the time or anything about marketing, but I knew that I could probably do it. So I just started, started up doing it. I did really well and um, they were happy. I was happy, but at the same time, I was like, I could be doing this for me. <laughs> I'm making them all this money, but I'm getting paid as an employee. I was like, you know, I, like, as much as I want to, you know, like continue doing this, because it, it was fun. I, I knew I had to venture out and try something for myself. Like I want to put in the hours for me. I want to invest in me. I want to make it happen for me. And that's basically why I left. And then fell into some different things. Uh, explain real quick to everyone what is a robotic instructor? Yeah, a robotics instructor is basically somebody who teaches the STEM curriculum. So, as you guys know, I have a background in science, and basically that just helped me with the tests 
the certification for becoming, sorry, I don't know why I did that, but for the certification to be able to teach robotics. And it's just like the STEM curriculum is, is, is for, for students who want to go into the field of science when they're older, or their parents want to encourage them to have a love, a real love for science, to enjoy science. And, and robotics is based off engineering and the STEM curriculum is basically um, like math, science, um, all those little things that build a person into wanting to go into like the tech industry. Gotcha. So you mentioned I didn't want to be paid like an employee anymore. I wanted to do something for myself. Where did the entrepreneurial spirit come from? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, oh, and the reason why I took up the robotics job was because it wasn't like a nine to five job where I had to clock in at a time. I had to leave at a time. Um, I was kind of um, the robotics uh, organization that I started working with, I guess, has like um, instructors all over the world, but they hire one person for like California, for like Ohio, like Canada. And they kind of teach them how to, but like the business process of managing that business in that place. So they taught me like the business side of how to manage it. Cause I'm basically managing the whole like thing for California, going to different locations, speaking to like the people who own the buildings where I teach. And that helped me so much as well to just not care. Cause I used to be shy. I used to feel like, what if I don't say that what I'm supposed to say correctly? What if, you know, what if I just don't know what to do when I get there? But that kind of forced me into having to do it. And eventually I realized everybody is just like, people are so similar at the same time. They're so not similar, but so similar at the same time, you know? And I just didn't really, I guess, care anymore. Like what others would think, what they would say, or maybe I didn't do something right. Well, I would just keep, you know, trying to like, did what I was supposed to do. That's and awesome. that kind of helped me too, I guess, a lot. Yeah, yeah that's that's a, that's amazing because uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that holds most people back from doing something that they want to do is the fear. Oh yeah, you know? the fear. The fear is real. Let me tell you. Even though I'm out here doing like TikToks that are crazy and like putting myself out there in different ways, the the you do feel fear. Let me tell you, it's not just like I'm just super brave and I just don't give a damn and I just don't care what people think and I know exactly what I'm going to do and then I do it before all that could happen I went through nights where honestly my anxiety was just making my head run wild and I was like what if I do this and then people are gonna think I'm crazy what if what if like how do I, I just make a fool out of myself like all these things that you think in your head and I think it's totally I don't know if it's normal I think it is but eventually once you kind of work yourself and your head through it you come out the other side so much stronger and you genuinely heal that part of you that's scared yeah and it's just like a process it's a process like when i'm gonna do anything i i know i'm gonna go through an anxiety phase it's expected but i know that i'm gonna overcome it and i'm gonna be what i'm supposed to be to be able to handle that task after that so you're already preparing yourself before that arrives and you just <laughs> like you know what I'll go away eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you know, they say everybody has fear, but the successful people have something called courage where they do yeah. it anyways. <laughs> like everyone's still afraid, but they still do it, you know? 
Like I remember I was uh, being mentored by some successful lady and I had to do something that was very important. And she's like, well, or, and then she's like, well, is it important? I said, yeah, but I'm afraid. She's like, well, then do it afraid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, I mean, those are very, very important lessons. And like you said, you know, even though you still have those feelings, it, you'll get over it, you'll move through mm-hmm. it and you'll get stronger. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you said it's guaranteed. guaranteed. Well, also, yeah. like you said earlier, life is too short. Might as well just do yeah, it, right? <laughs> exactly. Life is too short. And at this, and like I said, everybody, you, I think before you try anything new, especially when it has to do with other people, like putting yourself out there for other people to kind of, you're putting yourself on a stage. You're thinking that the other people are so much, you're putting them on a pedestal. But in reality, they're just like you and they appreciate any realness you know wow yeah yeah thank you for sharing that because uh when you put people on a pedestal you're giving yourself so much pressure like why everyone thinks that that person is thinking about you while Uh that person is thinking that you're thinking about them (laughs) (laughs) everyone's thinking about that like just chill (laughs) just chill yeah 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 Uh, some mentors always taught me like 99% 99% of the stuff you worry about doesn't happen anyway. They're not even thinking about you. Like Joe said, they're thinking about what you're thinking about them, you know? And it's so it's awesome. And like you said, people are real. They appreciate the realness, you know? So what made you get into TikTok? Like, how'd you get into it? You know, oh, that, was, that was just for fun. I just had a really great time creating. I have a great time creating period, no matter what I do. And TikTok just helped me express like my crazy side, the side that I have people I guess um, that I feel that people have a hard time understanding. Um, and it also kind of <laughs> helped me express myself and the, the fact that I just don't give a damn what you think about me anymore. Like, I just don't care. And, it, it, and, and when you make a TikTok out of it, like a whole video that you put out there, it really sends the message of, I'm just doing me. I, I don't care what you think. If the TikTok's a little too crazy, like, I had fun making this news. You know, I'm not hurting nobody. It's nothing bad. It's just like, like this is just who I am, and I'm, and it is what it is. What, what? Because because like some of the TikToks, for example, or that I've made or that are just out there in general, are kind of like you make fun of things that people that people sometimes make you feel ashamed about. Like, oh, you're a hoe. Oh, you're a slut. Oh, you dress like a slut. Oh, you talk like a like a dumb dumb slut. Like things like I'm just saying bad words but this is how you think that people think about you or how some people really think about you for some reasons like just outward judging you really badly and harshly and so when you make tiktoks just expressing your sense of fashion expressing different sides of you and putting it together and out there it just kind of um unarms them to be able to say anything about you because like you don't even care and it's you know you're not like i said you're not harming anybody you're not doing anything bad it's just like the judgment side they can't even do that no more and it's all for fun and it's all just you know it's basically turned into art <laughs> so it, it seems like a lot of people on tiktok there a lot of people use it they're able to express themselves like you said like like people have never seen a certain way mm-hmm. it, like it, can you give us an example of what what you meant like uh you're able to be crazy and just be yourself yeah 
Um, well, there's TikTok, I guess, works through sound, through music. You're using artists' music and clips of their music for you to be able to create like a video mainly. And it kind of goes hand in hand because a lot of these artists, the music that's out there, say for example, you guys have both have heard this song from Cardi B, Vodka Yellow. You guys have both heard it. And this is a perfect example of what I'm saying. Like, I think a lot of girls, maybe not all girls, but we have that feisty, sexy, sassy side where if we're in the right mood and the right place, we're going to feel that song. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, and a lot of people will think that there's a lot of stuff wrong with that. And I think um, you should just not take things all too seriously because we're just human, you know, we're just human. And I think that's what TikTok helps me to express is like, I'm human, I'm not here to be perfect. I could try my whole life, but I would never make like accomplish it. And I'm just embracing that I'm human and I have so many different angles to me and perspectives. And that's why some TikToks are just, you know, like vodka yellow type of stuff. And some are sad and crying. I, okay, I don't cry on TikTok, but like sad ones. <laughs> the day I do cry on TikTok, you guys can hit me up like, yeah, that's doing too much. <laughs> well, I think that we, we are all weird. <laughs> yeah. But we just have to embrace our weirdness in so many ways. Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. That. And that's what connects people. Like, yeah, you're yeah. weird. I'm weird. You know, I'm not saying in, in a bad way, but. And it's okay. And it's yeah, okay. exactly. It's basically all it is. So it seems yeah. like TikTok was kind of like therapy for you. It really was. Now that you mention it, it really was. And it, and it still is. And have you ever tried making a TikTok out of curiosity? <laughs> so I'm 43. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know I look super so? young. There's I know plenty I look, of 43 year olds making a huge on TikTok. That's I know. Saying. I'm trying, right? So I'm just like, I feel like I kind of missed the TikTok. And TikTok is like work. It's like creating an actual movie. Like, it's not just like a. a <laughs> it's like it, a movie. It's not like I Instagram hope where you just. Production. Yeah, like you got to do the music and make it. Like, cause I'm, I'm also creative myself. So if I put yeah. something out there that's kind of lame, I feel bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> So it's like it take it would probably take me uh, you could probably shoot a TikTok up up in a few minutes, right? It would probably take me like an hour just to figure out this TikTok, right? So to answer your question, yes, I'm on TikTok. I've created a few, but I'm a little slow when it comes to like, you know, um editing and and in all that kind of stuff. But if I understood it, I probably I would it. do more. Yeah. But I, w I I really want to get more into it or at least I want to have somebody on the team that's into like that social media type of thing because we need to do more TikToks, more reels. We need to yeah. use that to grow the the Instagram, to grow the channel. And speaking of that, so when I when I when I first started communicating with you maybe about a year ago or less, you had about a little over 11,000 Instagram followers. You now have almost 40,000. And that happened very, very fast. And you, I think we had a little conversation. And you said it's about the reels and the TikToks. So explain that to people out there in the world who yeah. maybe they're trying to grow their social media presence. Okay. Yeah. So TikTok is a very different platform from Instagram. The viewers on there are so different. And well, in a sense, of course, you have some of the same people who use both platforms. But I guess TikTok makes it so that your content can be viewed because it's primarily like a viewing video type of system by more people faster than IG ever would. So it would be so hard for me to try and grow like 
a platform on Instagram, but on TikTok, you can grow a platform so much faster if you just consistently put out content. Um, when I first started on TikTok, um, and it was probably just for fun. And I mean, my sister's younger than me by four years. And she was looking at me like I had lost my mind and I was going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I was just in my living room like, I do not care to be alone. And because um, uh, I don't know, I just realized that I was so good at the lip syncing part. <laughs> I thought, hey, I'm, I'm really good at the lip syncing part. So I just kind of started doing more videos. And I would just laugh like when I finished a video, like, how hilarious it was. And um, I just got hooked. Of course, it was hard to edit at first. I was completely confused. And uh, something like everything, you have to learn the process. And also my friends on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, the people I grew up with, um, we were all kind of past the little TikTok. We viewed TikTok as something for little kids that little kids use, kind of like just not for our age group. And um, that's why I, I think I downloaded TikTok like four or five times before I, and I deleted it every time, like never really worked for me. But um, I guess the fifth time, sixth time was a charm. And I just got hooked on it. And I remember like I posted like 10 videos and one of them, like my first video to blow up on TikTok. That's when you become addicted to TikTok. Your first video blows up. You just want to create more content that will blow up. And then um, I guess that's how I got started on TikTok, started creating all kinds of things. At the same time, I realized, hey, I can really be myself on here. Like people are not as judgmental as in other platforms because I think, I guess everybody's just trying to be themselves on there. And, and if you're not trying to be yourself, it just naturally comes out because there's no way to really, I don't know. It, TikTok's just something different, I guess. I do have an appreciation for the platform because it is kind of a form of therapy for a lot, I do think. And also to learn and to just laugh and all kinds of things. And my goal was just to keep it positive, lit, <laughs> and just... Um, and just to create, I guess. Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, 9 a.m. Please stay tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.